uh, it's a natural thing, but you know how we do on this podcast. Everything natural is really supernatural. But we don't want to give our all. We're scared to say, Jesus, break me, but he did it for us. We need to search ourselves and say, Lord, am I impacting people the way I'm supposed to? And we can see his power reflected right there and his love for us. Return to your friends. Please do. Don't waste no time. Repeat and return and repeat. <laughs> Welcome. Depression and anxiety has been a well put together weapon that the enemy has crafted against humanity. It doesn't discriminate gender, race, age, or beliefs, but as powerful as it is, Jesus nailed it to the cross. It's very, it's very rare for me to say, I hate something. I don't hate people, but I can hate some things. And depression and anxiety is definitely one of them. I guess because I have a very close knowledge of what depression and anxiety can do to a person, especially if that person is not in a relationship with Christ. And depression is something that can start off with technically just that one little sad thought that you just let sit in your system for too long and that little thing becomes to be a monster literally within you. Two-thirds of our nation are dealing with depression. Mm. 90% of celebrities have depression. Um, and we're talking about depression and anxiety, which are kind of on two different sides of the scale, but they're very similar because they have a sense of fear in it. Mm -hmm. It's a sense of fear of um, the past, from past traumas that we've been through. Tra I mean, it's all kind of stuff that we go through. And then it's that fear of the future of what's gonna happen, those worries, those concerns, you know, financially, um, health-wise, it goes a long ways because we, we we're just people and our minds aren't meant to to keep running all the time to keep going constantly to keep the same like you said those sad thoughts we can have a sad thought but we can't let that thought take a home in our in our mind we have to be able to not let our emotions govern our every move because they will and you have to be intentional on stopping it and sometimes it's like we just don't know how to stop it like how do you get this to stop yeah sometimes it um it's a chemical imbalance sometimes you might need medication but this is a spiritual battle because it's a battle of the mind it is and like i said before um I know depression face to face. I know exactly what it does to you. I know how it makes you feel. I know different causes for this. And when it comes to the chemical imbalance, June, I have done some research and I analyze um, my own life and I see people around me because um, as of today, I'm, I'm working with a group of people, of just a few that are dealing with the same thing, with depression and anxiety. and it made me thought about my childhood. And I say this before, and I wanna uh, reinstate this again. I have the best parents in the world. 
and I would never, ever wanted to change them. But when I was growing up, I was taught little about God's word and how God's word can impact your life. You know, they did the best they could to teach me what they could teach me. And I appreciate them because I am here today because of them. So, but I know that if I was maybe um, introduced to the truth and the power within God's word, maybe depression would never come knock on my door or it would not have been as aggressive as it was for me when at the age of 13, I was already suicidal. I, I tried to, to take my own life twice at the age of 13. And I battled with depression since then. And I do want to make uh, make something clear. And maybe this is going to bring a little bit of a separation within um, opinions. Um, a true Christian can battle depression. Just can. They will be exposed to this somewhere or another. Those who are um, propensed to deal with this. Because all of us have something that we deal with. Some of us, and I will include myself, deal with depression. And anxiety some other can deal with anger issues we all have a weakness in our flesh that we have decided to give to Christ so those things has made strong within us because he's in us but I was going back to those the chemical imbalance I was saying how I was um, taught a little about God's word and so when all these negative um, situations begin to happen to me when I was a young girl and I started feeding um, into my own self, all these negative thoughts and hurtful thoughts that became to be a huge monster, which is called depression. If I wouldn't know how to attack those words or those thoughts with the word of God, how much effective would that be? Now, when you're looking at the chemical imbalance and how scientists want to, um, make those a re responsible for depression. I learned that there is some uh, hor hormones, if I'm not mistaken, that are called the happy hormones. And the scientists will tell you practice yoga, um, do affirmations, say all this kind of positive things to yourself every day to stimulate these hormones. Now, I'm not criticizing those who do yoga or who do any kind of other affirmation that it's not necessarily in the word of God. Now. When you are repeating to yourself all these nice words, but there has no power behind it, how long can the effects be effective in you, if that makes sense? You need something solid, something that's going to stay, something that's going to remain. Like the Bible says, the word of God will never change. The grass and the flowers may wither and fade away, but God's word will remain. So that's why people like me who battle depression, that's what we need. So when you are a child, and your parents somehow maybe dealing with depression themselves or they don't introduce you to God's word. How can you have that substance to make your body function accordingly? Because our body was created by God in a way that we are not meant to deal with anxiety, neither with depression, because that is not of God. So our body was technically uh, literally created in such a way that it's going to interact with us in a negative way when we are let, letting ourselves go that way and in, into in, depression and anxiety so our body and I'm, I'm grateful for that because can you imagine you having a body that don't, doesn't give you signs when you are getting sick and literally you're going to find out when you are about to die depression kill people anxiety kill people so i i strongly believe and like i say some people may think different 
that if we introduce our children in such a uh, in a young age to the word of God and how powerful it is and let them know who you are in Christ and no matter what comes your way you are more than victorious and you are a conqueror and you have a God that will never leave you and if nobody loves you God is there to love you how much with these words will impact our children I promise you those hormones uh, happy hormones will be kicking in all the time because every time a sad thought comes to their mind, they already know how to tackle that and get it out of the way. But we have our, our young kids and our, our youth living a life that they are not prepared for. And my heart just break to see the numbers of young people going through it. I, I see it in my family, I see it in my children. I can remember myself and how hard it is. And you know, one of the saddest things is that people barely see you. And when you do open up to let someone know they want to point fingers at you and tell you what you should do, but they don't understand that you are in a vulnerable situation, which you don't know, even when you know, you feel like you can't do it. And it's not like you're playing victim. It's not like you're not trying to do because nobody wants to, when you're sick, I promise you that there's nobody that wants to feel better more than your own self, yeah. but you don't find your way into doing what you're supposed to do. I'm going to hit on the two things that, well, I'm going to hit on one thing that both of you brought up. And as I was studying it, I'm on the outside a lot of times when it comes to the depression and anxiety. Well, I can kind of relate to the, the anxiety part of it. But on the depression side, I, I thank God every day that I'm a cheerful heart guy, you know, and when I look at it from this time of studying is so much is hitting in plain sight. And I'm only bringing it up because y'all said something both. It's the battle of the mind. And when it comes to the mind, and I'm glad you did bring this up because even in the church, even those who follow Christ, we go through it, even though some of us deny it and we put on this front as if we're not going through anything. And we're quick to say, oh, I'm all right, or, um, oh, I'm blessed. Yes, you are blessed. And we know that because you're here today to tell us you're going through it or that you're in your own way saying you're going through it, but you're, you're blessed, you're having a good, good time or whatever the case may be. That front, that smile that we put up. And I'm bringing that to say because when it comes to the mind in which depression really affects the most, you have to understand that just like y'all was talking about, it comes to a point that we have to have rest. Think about anything that has been developed over time. Even the battery came from the thought of a man's mind. Mm -hmm. how, do re how to rejuvenate something? It has to come to a rest. Why do we sleep at night? Because of all the stuff, you brought it up. Our mind is not made to handle stress. It's not made to. We can endure so much when it comes to pressure, but that's the reason why the invention of close eye, what we call sleep is put a place upon our lives because the Bible states it clearly. Even when you come to Christ, a renewed mind, that's just not within spiritualness. That's for the body itself, that temple in which God uses, when you stress it out, God can't use it. Because now you're sitting somewhere 
that your arms are tired because of this or because the effect of something else that happened within your mind or the anxiety or the stress that is piled upon you, which is making you sick. So therefore rest is a need. So that shows you right now, if you look at it, I'm gonna go again. If you look at anything that is developed that we use today, I don't care if it's a microwave, you can't continue to use a microwave all day because then it'll overheat and explode. So look at the mindset in which even how Christ sees it. And I, and I, and I only saying that because I know for myself, I see people at work. I see people in the church and I go every day, even last week, I was going to deliver a package to a warehouse and I seen the young man and I looked at him in the face and I was like, you have a blessed day. And I smiled so big and he was looking normal. And then he just closed the door and went to do his business or put up the package or whatever he wanted to do with it. Now this is a warehouse. I want you to see the impact of a smile and have a blessed day. I'm walking to my truck, getting in. All of a sudden this man is at my window driver's side. I'm walked around my truck. He done made it to my driver's side. Hey, 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 hey. I heard what you said. And I just got to tell you, thank you. And, and God bless me to wake up. Now the rest is up to me, ain't it? And I looked at him. He needed that. He, yeah, and yeah, I, he I, I was like, that. wow. But I'll, I, I do that to everyone. But to see someone come back so quickly, I don't know what he was going through. But I knew when I looked him in the face, he was just blah. Like, and there's so many people today. That's why I say I'm always on the outside looking in and I make it my duty. And a lot of people don't do that to understand that just because they're smiling doesn't mean you shouldn't say hello. Just because they giddy and happy doesn't mean you shouldn't ask, is everything all right? And I mean that in detail. So I had to just look up the meaning of rest because me and my sister was talking about this um, earlier this week on, do you really know what rest is? <laughs> it, it seems like a simple thing to do, but it's something you have to practice. It's not an easy thing to get to because rest, let me I'm gonna say the definition, is to seize, oh, where'd it go? To seize work. <laughs> oh, I don't want in another. Oh, I just put it in hand. Oh, okay, hold on, guys. Take Rest meaning seize work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. Mm. To seize work. Okay, we know how to stop working, right? But to stop all movement. Yeah. So what do those thoughts in your head do? They keep moving. Yes. They keep coming back and forth like you can sometimes we try to distract it but that's not rest distraction is not rest um this is why people drink alcohol why they do drugs why they overeat we do all kind of stuff to try to get ourselves and i guess it kind of goes back to what you were saying heidi about the chemicals and the happy hormones we're always trying to to get to that happy place what takes us to the happy place? God told us he worked for six days and on that seventh day he rested. Mm -hmm. That wasn't just for the Jewish people. That was for all people. He knew that on this earth, it was going to be that go, go, go. Always got to get it. Got to work. Got to make <clears throat> money. Got to be seen. All of this stuff 
is not rest. Rest is when you can clear your mind. That's why they might say yoga. You know, yoga is kind of got both feelings on yoga, but it's, it's to clear your mind for you not to be thinking of all the stuff you normally think about. Meditation. Meditation is so important, but it's a hard thing to get to. Um, spending time with your family, doing fun stuff, laughter. All of this stuff is, is a labor of rest because rest is work in itself. But for our bodies, it's, it's healing it for a depressed. And I've never been in deep depression before. Like I said, I can probably, I've had little bits and pieces of it, but when my depression, it was, um, chaos. I mean, I was all over the place. I wasn't trying to think about anything ever. Like no thoughts was in my mind. I was always trying to get high. I was always drinking or overworking. That's, that's how I handled mine. But that, that depression, like, um, like suicidal thoughts and stuff, these are thoughts that just keep coming and you can't control them. Again, we cannot let our emotions govern ourselves, but when these thoughts are so powerful, because again, like Heidi said, they, they become a stronghold in your mind. And that's like a tower, a, a wall built up that nobody can get through. Mm -hmm. And that you're trying to rest. You're, you're laying down. You have no TV mm -hmm. on. You have no music going. But you still have this these feelings. And that's only in because... Peace can only be found found in Christ. Yes. There is no medicine. There is no specialist. There is no relationship you may have. There is no certain amount of money you may have saving your bank account. Nothing can take its place. There is nothing that can provide peace and joy for you because God is peace. God is joy. Nothing else that the word has offered has the name of joy and peace. That those titles belongs to him. And so we are so busy. And I was one of them trying to find relief to our pain and our anxious mind and drugs and alcohol and sex and relationships and looks and appearance and, and so many things. And you find yourself every time in deeper trouble, in deeper trouble, because when once you realize real quick, it did not work. Is it not provided for you what you thought it would? What the enemy told you it would? You feel disappointed. Mm -hmm. So what is your next thing to do? You got to do it, but you got to go harder. Mm -hmm. And you see the, our streets right here where we at oh. right now, full of drug addicts, full of alcoholic people. How do I have the nerve to point at a judging finger at them when I know what could have been the reason why they are where they at right now? Yeah. And so, as my husband was saying, we do have to make time to say that good morning. We do have to make time to hold that door for a couple of seconds more open. We do have to make time to ask that question, how are you doing today? Make time to pray for people that just suddenly come to our minds because people are struggling. And as I say before, this has been a very successful weapon from the enemy to humanity, period, all over, all over the world. And... The scientist gives no hope to depression. The first thing they want to do is give you um, medications that has been scientifically proved 
that damage your brain eventually. So how can that be a cure? I hear a testimony of a guy that was put on the highest dose of depressive or de depression medicine at the age of 13. And when they reached the high amount, they could not go higher than that. And so when they pulled him off the medicine, guess what he did? He relapsed again. Not until he met Christ. And I am a witness. I am a witness that, yes, it is difficult. Yes, it is painful. But I just have a Savior that did not let one out. When he went to that cross, he took everything that could possibly come against us. And that's including depression and anxiety. And yes, I'm talking a little bit more about depression. I need to move forward to anxiety. But I do want to let you guys know that it it sucks. It, it, it hurts. Yeah. We battle with it because the devil knows that's your weakness. So every day he's going to come and check up on you to see if this day he can get away with it. Yeah. It just takes that one time that your mind is not aligned with God. It breaks my heart to see the numbers of Christians committing suicide. That is heartbreaking. You got to fight for your life. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. And I do not want you to fall into those numbers. So if you are listening to us and you are battling depression today, I want to tell you that God is able and he already provided the provision for your depression. When you spoke on Christian and suicidal, it brought back 1 King 19. I don't know if we all read it. It talks about Elijah. And what's so special and important about this, especially if you're dealing with any depression or anxiety, and I want to bring some key things up in this so you can see that everybody goes through this, even those who are connected with God. And we know that Elijah was truly connected. Elijah is the one that told the king that it is not going to rain. He let him know when I speak this, it ain't going to rain until I say it's going to rain again. God has gave him this authority, this power to do so. But not only that, it goes more into the story before it gets to 19, how Elijah told all the prophets of Baal and all of that, their God, to, to do this miracle for them with fire, to eat up the calf that they cut up and put up on this, their altar. And he was going to do the same thing. Let's see who God is real. Well, he did all of that. And they had like 400 or so that did their little chance and did everything they need to do. And I'm only saying the story to get you the big picture of how strong he was in God. And I'm bring it back to show you how the enemy works. So they did that and their God didn't do anything. But he did it to a point to where when he put his calf up on the altar, he even made, he came to the emphasis to even pour water around it to make it moist in the air and the atmosphere around it. And when he called upon God, the living God, God rained down fire and sucked up everything that was there, including the water. Now, all this has happened, and then he gave the order to slew or to kill all the false prophets, the 400, whatever. So all this was done by the sword by Elijah. Now we get to the point to where King Ahab has went back to his wife, told his wife all that happened. Now, she served the false god. So she sends a letter or message back to Elijah to let him know. I heard what you've done and the same thing you did to them going to happen to you by this day or by tomorrow. Now that was said to him, but I want you to get to the, I want you to hear this right here. Just listen to how the enemy works. 
I just gave you a good uh, caption of how strong Elijah is with God and how watch how depression works today in our lives. If you go to verse three later on, if you um, listen to this podcast, it says after she sent him that message, it says, and when he saw it, what is that in the mindset of a message? Think about it. If you deliver something to me, but I see it in my mind, it triggered something. I can actually see you killing me. I can actually see the tr- the pain, the turmoil that I'm having to go through because I do know what happened to those people. I see how my God worked for me to slew them, but I just seen all that death now upon me. The first thing he did was seeing that which would happen to him because a lady sent word. She wasn't even the king. She was the king's wife. Sent word that I'm the same thing going to happen to you. Now, if you know how much power you got in God, how really can you believe that? Like, really? Just think, we're being honest. In our day today, we'd be like, oh, you ain't got enough faith. Blah, blah, blah. We'll say all this stuff to another Christian person, not accepting that they may have dealt with something traumatic. Just like when people go to war and all these wars are fought, their minds seeing all this death is traumatic. So if I come to you and say, I'm going to shoot you just like you did someone else, it does have a flash within your head. The enemy will visualize and show you something that was sent to you to confuse your mind. And it goes on within the story to make it go quickly. He separated himself from everybody that was around him. He even went to a cave, a place of darkness. He even asked the Lord, our God, he said, I can't take it no more. Just kill me yourself. That alone shows you how the enemy was working him to even go to your God and ask to ask for death. But the mindset in which we talk about when it comes to depression, it shows that he even visualized himself from traumatic stuff that which happens around you. It caused him to separate. And I'm only bringing that up again to show you, watch this. Even when God told Adam and Eve, if you eat this, you will surely die. We know the word death actually means what? Separate. The Hebrew word for death means separate, separate from God. The enemy used depression the same exact way. I know you with Christ, but if I can get your mind to visualize, listen, it's the mind. If I can get your mind to visualize it, I can separate you. Separate is to have death. And what do we do to ourselves? We start putting all this extra pressure on ourselves, not using God anymore. Now we putting this pressure on ourselves and watch, it's getting heavier and heavier. What happens to the body? It starts to decline. We start to, it starts to fail the kidneys, the back, the heart, the stress, anxiety. And eventually what happens? It's because again, one little thing triggered our minds to separate us from God. So don't tell me if you're a Christian that you can't go through nothing and that you're so strongly or as some people say, so holy that it can't happen to you. Me and my wife, we talk about it all the time, especially when belonging to a church or having that those souls around you that know God. Speak up. Everybody's going through something, even those in the church. Why am I saying it? Because if I don't say anything, how do my sister know what to pray for? my brother know what to pray for to bring me out because I just have a vision in my head just kind of separating me from God. Not that I'm, I'm faithless. But, you know, talking about our church or the church of God, there's a reason why God 
built it to be his body. You know, compare the church to his body, not just with the function of a body and the unity within the body, but the body does get sick. Parts of your body will suffer sickness from time to time, pain from time to time. That's what we can claim to be too Christian to say we, 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 we don't go through depression or someone can go through depression. Um, so we, we need to be very careful with that. <clears throat> People read your Bible. Like that story he was just telling y'all about in Second Kings about Elijah. There's so many stories in the Bible that we can relate with. Um, Elijah is King David, the prophets Jeremiah and Isaiah and Jonah. All of them were walking through depression. It was on different levels because nobody's depression looks the same. I mean, nobody's depression looks the same. You might, you might um, have some similarities, but in your mind, I don't know what you're thinking. And you can never know everything that I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. But the Bible makes it so real. That's why they say the living Bible, the Bible is real. And it's for us to, to relate to each other, to relate to the people that were in it, that were walking with God. All of these, these were prophets. Like they pretty much like Jeremiah, he didn't even have his own life. He lived for God. He was always, and his message was so intense. How can you find happiness and joy in that? but through God, it has to be through God. Mm -hmm. So don't isolate yourself. Please do not isolate yourself. Don't, you have to find a, a friend, a family, have a, a conversation. We're inviting you right now, reach out to us. We will, we will conversate back and forth with you. If you just want us to listen, we'll listen. We don't have to give you any advice. Sometimes it's good just to get it out there, just to put the word out there. And then again, what he said, we know how to pray for you at this point now. Even if we have no advice or if you cannot accept any advice from us at some point, because like he said depression is real. It's not something you could just be like, do this, do this and do this. And it's going to be gone. You, you gotta have to want the change, yeah. you know, because depression was, was built to keep you down and not let you out for your whole life yes and as you were saying it may operate differently in everyone but it's with the, with one cause or one purpose which is to bring death for within your life take your life away mm -hmm. and you were saying about all these great men in the bible you know and how they they face depression and anxiety uh, very closely and it's because we can be strong in so many areas of our lives but our mind is very weak unless we present our minds daily and expose it to the word of God, to renew it, renew it, to make new every day, every day, every day, we have to br make, bring everything to, to, the, to, to God. Like the word say, bring all, all, all thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. We, we most do these things. Now, when it comes to the anxiety part, y'all, um, Sometimes we, we, we as believers, we can trust God with our eternal life, but we don't trust God with our needs for every day. Mm -hmm. um, we believe that God can do it for somebody else, but do we, leave the, do we believe that he can do it for us? So I would encourage you to study for yourself and see 
what you mean to God. What, 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 what are you to our Lord? I can tell you already, you must be something great and mean a lot to him for him to give his life for you on the cross. You must be something great to him. And so, and also to understand who God is, why should I trust him? Why should I believe that he will truly meet my everyday need? Why should I believe that he telling me do not be anxious for, for nothing. Don't be anxious for anything. When God tell you or prevent you from doing something, it's because he already got you taken care of. He is a God of order. He is the beginning and the end. And he's not going to tell you to do something to leave you just halfway. I love our God because I can truly say he will meet our needs. And this is something I have to tell myself constantly because there's times where I wake up and I have concerns about how I'm going to do this and how I'm going to do that. And that's just the beginning of, of a satanic attack you know, in your mind you to get you. Going. Yeah, no, it, it, every, we gotta constantly draw our minds back to God, back to God. This is an everyday 24 seven thing. When you wake up, the first thing you have to remind yourself is God, who you are in Christ, who God is in you, because he is in you everywhere you go, you carry that greatness within you, which is his spirit. So we are able to do anything that we put our, in ourselves to do.